Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet. I'm your host, William Wu. Coming to you live from Las Vegas Summer League after the Toronto Raptors lost uh, Game 2. Kind of in similar fashion to Game 1, to be honest. Uh, and, and yes, there will be reaction podcasts to uh, the Summer League action. I'll be here um, both uh, for today's game, obviously, and then also uh, on Wednesday and uh, Thursday. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Raptors got started on Friday. Unfortunately, I was away. I uh, was not able to cover that one, but I was able to catch up on it. And then I was able to watch this one. And, um, you know, a lot of similarities. I, I, I have to say, like, you know, with, with all due respect, um, it, you know, the talent on the roster, especially for this summer league roster, just doesn't seem to be comparable to previous years. Um, I, I think injuries have impacted that. Uh, you know, you would have loved to see Christian Coloco in the game rather than sitting on the sideline. And apparently he's been dealing with some sort of respiratory issue. So um, hopefully he's all good. But, um, you know, you would have loved to see him play because – I think that would have been a continuation uh, of the progress that he made last year as a rookie. Uh, you would have loved to see Jeff Down Jr. play. Uh, I think he's in contention for some, you know, third string point guard minutes, just like last year. Uh, he was not able to play uh, for for this summer league as well due to, I uh, believe, an ankle issue. Um, even though he's been working out consistently, so you know, w- without some of those pieces, I, I think it, it is a little bit difficult to look at the rest of the roster and see who the relevant characters are. Beyond the fact that obviously everyone's here to see Grady Dick, um, I think Marquise Noel has really made a good impression for himself based on game one. Um, not as successful in game two, but honestly, I don't I don't really blame him. I, I actually like the process of how he played, and I'll get into that more in a minute. But aside from that, in terms of names you'd recognize, you know, Ron Harper Jr., uh, Joe Wieskamp. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, again, just as compared to previous year's roster, uh, you know, it's just not as... Uh, not as recognizable and, and honestly not even as talented. Um, you know, I, I would say that uh, they may be able to overcome talent, I would say, with um, cohesive or like, you know, uh, team basketball. But there hasn't been a lot of that either in these two games. I, I think you see a lot of bad sequences. But I mean, obviously, we're, 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 we're the, the point of Summer League is not necessarily to see wins and losses. It's really to see the, the talent on the roster and see some of the progress. So let, let's just talk about that first and foremost. So this is our first... Um, Look at Grady Dick, uh, who obviously the Raptors took at the uh, 13th pick in this year's NBA draft. It's interesting thinking back to both uh, Grady's introductory press conference um, and also Bobby's press conference from the night of uh, the draft. Um, and the impression was essentially that Grady would come in and immediately contribute. And I think that, you know, in terms of looking at, okay, what are those factors that he could come in and can like contribute in a rookie setting? Now, I, I think... Number one, the shooting is um, his calling card. Uh, my impression from watching the two games so far is just he's like a little too eager to shoot. Um, I'm not saying that um, it's like a uh, it's, just, it's not a bad judgment thing, or it's not even like a, oh he's a, he's a selfish player. I, I think he's just so eager to get his game off that anytime he touched the ball, especially the first half today, he was shooting like there was not one time in the first half where he had the intention to to pass for someone else to get a shot. There was an intention of passing as in like, oh, I don't I don't have a shot and I have I'm going nowhere with this. I gotta kick it out. But it's not like I gotta kick it out with a intent and purpose of like I've created an advantage and here you go. And I think the big comparison is in the second half, Grady was able to make a lot of those quick decisions where, you know, even though he wasn't knocking them down um at all really in this game, um, he was so aggressive as a scorer that it kind of established the fact that okay, he wants to score. 
And so that next pass, the extra pass that he's going to make is going to carry some threat because of how aggressive he's been. And so the second half, he made a lot of extra passes. And they're not even like, you know, um, necessarily like, oh, they're, they're dimes or they're, they're like sort of an angle that is unexpected or he's, you know, doing something fancy with the ball. I think it's just he comes off screens and dribble handoffs with such speed and such intent to score that it just naturally pulls sort of people towards him. And so there's that easy pass, whether that's back to the screener, um, if he's, you know, popping out the three point line or that screener rolls, it's just an easy little pass over the top to, to, to that. And, and, you know, I, I think honestly, it was a good adjustment for Grady in the second half, just because he wasn't just forcing his shot. He was also making that extra pass. And, and I thought that was good, but I mean, you know, there is clearly a, a shot making, Ability and and I do like the fact that the Raptors have used a lot of um, you know just after timeout plays um, intentionally to call Grady's number. Um, like for example, the very first play of the game, the Raptors got Grady the ball um, coming off a high pick and roll, and Grady went all the way down hill and you know didn't really get the separation from his man, didn't really elevate. That's not really his game, and had to sort of take like a off balance runner, and it was a bad finish to make it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think overall, like, yeah, first half, really aggressive, really willing to shoot. I think there's even some moments where, um, you know, he can um, – uh, it feels like he – I'm not sure if this is, like, just him and the chemistry with his teammates, but there's a couple of times where he's not even getting to the right spots on the floor to shoot. Like, for example, today he was, he was definitely, you know, getting face guard or whatever. I mean, that's typical for a shooter. Um, he was kind of doing the same thing to Sam Merrill, who on the other side is also – uh, a premium shooter. He went on, you know, on, on a personal stretch where he hit three straight threes in the third quarter, but otherwise he was whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's typical defense that you play against a shooter. But I think for Grady, like, you know, he wasn't able to get three point attempts off, which I think was, was a little interesting. Sometimes when he's going one-on-one, obviously it's a little harder to get just threes off in a one-on-one setting. I don't think his handle um, or burst is that great where he's able to just like shift to the side and, and, and get clean, you know, looks from three. But you know, still, I think overall, for a guy who is not getting to the basket that much, um, you know, it, it, it was a lot of mid-range shooting from Grady. You know, the occasional times where he's able to hit from three, uh, he only got three attempts off. He went one for three. I mean, they're, they're all bad looks. I think they're all pretty clean, um, sensible decisions. But there are a couple times where he's, like, curling around his screen. And instead of sort of, like, flaring out and staying, you know, beyond the three-point arc, which is where the good shots are for him, he'll, like, curl in but then kind of, like, take like a you know long two sort of like one or two feet inside the arc you know there's a both him and joe Wieskamp, and it was more noticeable with joe Wieskamp. but like both of those guys were had a strange habit today i feel like of um not setting their feet before shooting and i'm not saying you gotta like you know um be super selective with everything because i do want shooters to be aggressive and so if there's a bit of a shot you gotta do on the run or sort of off like a you know just maybe atypical footwork, maybe just to catch a defender um, backpedaling because they're not expecting you to shoot when you're sort of stepping into it like that. That's okay, but ultimately, like a lot of these were not great looks. Um, the the ones that he took off the dribble, where you know he he's again just taking long twos. Um, you know uh, the the one on one stuff. I, I it's interesting. I mean, the summer league setting is where you want to see it happen, um, and so I am curious in terms of what kind of one on one game he did have. Um, the one time he, he he did score going one on one, and he probably tried it like four times, so he's probably like one for four. Um, it definitely wasn't like a primary part of his game, but uh, yeah, he, he had a one on one where he took it against Sam Merrill, who 
you know, what, 6'5", older, um, you know, more experienced player um, and, and definitely more physically built than Grady. Um, but, yeah, Grady was able to go one-on-one, kind of had to spin back, and then take a contested fadeaway, and the ball rolled in. I mean, it, it was a cool shot in the moment. Uh, it looks good, but at the same time, you look at the process of that, and you're like, well, not a lot of separation created. And that's against what, you know, at the NBA level, a guy like Sam Merrill will be picked on defensively, right? So you want to see, in terms of just like, um, you know, the ability to find and create shots, I think you want to see a continued progression from that, from Grady. I love I loved the aggressiveness, though, and I, and I do like the fact that, um, you know, he had a really good knack for following up his shot or just rebounding in general. I thought he was in good spots. Like, the fact that he had eight rebounds, um, you know, including three offensive, like, he was definitely active. Uh, he, he's flying around these screens. Um, you know, there, it, it is definitely annoying to guard a guy like this in terms of just how much movement he's, he's, he's using. And again, I think once he sort of took off the, 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 the blinders of like, I'm just going to shoot it every single time. Even if I don't set my feet, even if I'm not in a good area, um, you know, when he sort of mixed it up a little bit in the second half and made the extra pass a couple of times, I think it just balanced out and made the offense look a lot better. Cause I think overall the Raptors offense in this one looked pretty 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 shaky outside of a stretch in the fourth quarter where they played well you know it was just kind of like really uh gummy um and, and so yeah i mean on the defensive end i, I, th- I thought he was fine I, it's not like he's like such an obvious target defensively maybe it's just the level of the competition right now but you know I, I don't think it's i don't think it's like a big issue um it's not like play after play they were going after him or it's not like he was picking up tons of fouls i mean this one there were tons of fouls that you would expect from a summer league game i mean at one point the raptors were making isaiah mobley look like Shaq. he took like what 12 free throws in the first half alone meanwhile the raptors i think as a team only shot two so you know i think that part um for the team overall that you know defensively they can look better but i don't think that was any issue of grady's i think he guarded his position fine executed a couple of switches some more good rotations in the second half as well i think it's just his his read and sense for the game is solid i think where you know he can improve obviously is on the physicality he's he's a little bit skinny he's a yeah i mean he's what 19 years old yeah so there's going to be time that sort of it, it takes to sort of for him to fill out uh the rest of his frame and get more bulk and and, and not even just bulk, just, like, get stronger where, you know, like, he's flying around a screen and he doesn't get bumped from, like, outside of the arc to to, to, to have to find space inside the arc. Because, obviously, that's where the defense is trying to push him. Um, you know, he's got to get stronger on that front. Uh, and, you know, um, that's just a natural process. But, I mean, in terms of in, immediate impact, in terms of all that kind of stuff, obviously, you can shoot. I, I, I like his energy and activity. That's been solid. Defensively, I think, again, like, it's okay. I mean, sure, at the NBA level, like when he's playing against, like, I don't know, Trey Young and and the Atlanta Hawks, like, yeah, definitely they'll they'll definitely go after him or something like that. But like, you know, at this level, when it's the Cleveland Cavaliers in summer league, it, it's not like any of those guys were intentionally seeking him out, uh, anything like that. So, uh, you know, decent, I would say, from Grady Dick, a de- uh, you know, an improvement over game one. I like the adjustments in the second half to sort of be more of a playmaker, and not even just a playmaker, just making the right reads, right? Like, because when you when you're a shooter like that and you're and you're that aggressive. You carry a threat at all times, and so the option is all, almost always there to leverage that into a good shot for your teammate. And uh, in terms of summer league play, there, there ain't a lot of that. So I appreciate Grady for that. Uh, in terms of the playmaking, I mean, the majority of it was done by Marquise Noel. I'm, I'm not really sure why he only played 23 minutes. I, I understand the game was a blowout, but who cares, right? Like, I just want to see more of this guy. And I think the most disappointing thing on the statue right now is just only looking at the number four 
for his assists because I think he probably had like seven or eight wide open created corner threes for his teammates that they just couldn't knock down. And, you know, they're they're like wide open threes to like Joe Wieskamp coming off the bench, you know, just shooter coming off the bench. And, you know, as a point guard, you probably want to get him settled in with a great look guy who can, you know, definitely shoot, set his feet in the corner. Um, you know, Noel is really good at driving and getting into the lane and leveraging that into uh, open shots for his teammates. And yeah, you know, Wieskamp just comes in and just airballs the three uh, right off the bench. That was tough to see. Um, you know, David Johnson coming in and, and, and airballing some threes. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. obviously started, but, uh, you know, he was also getting set up a couple of times. Just guys couldn't knock it down. And I, and I felt bad for Noel because I, I felt like he was consistently making the right play. Um, offensively, the, the first quarter was 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 pretty rough and uh, the Raptors couldn't really score. Um, and defensively, they weren't getting stops either. So you can imagine how this game went. But, um, yeah, and like I, I, I like Noel's ability to get into the lane. Um, you know, th- there's a couple of times where he makes the passes that are um, so nice that sometimes it even catches uh, his teammates by surprise. I think obviously if you play longer with them, more experience with the guy, you might be able to expect those things more often. But a couple examples uh, that I highlighted, I think both of these from the second quarter, right? So, um, yeah, so Noel runs uh, a pick and roll with, with uh, Moses Brown. And, you know, that's... That's a point guard in the center running pick and roll, pretty standard stuff. And the whole time, Noel is he has his eyes on the roller in Brown, and he, I, it's a very, very common thing. But at the same time, I think it was executed really well, where you know he he had his eyes on the roller, but then as he sort of drove downhill and sort of faked it like he's going to go there, um, he like flicked it instead up to the wing. And there was just like a brief, like a little half step that that kind of created where his conviction in terms of how hard he sold the pass back to the roller um, allowed for the wing defender to sort of like tag in a little bit, like literally a half step of like, oh, the pass probably is going to go inside. I might, you know, dig down and help. And that created an open three. Uh, again, it was it was bricked. So that that's just, you know, his teammates not necessarily making shots for him. But there's just really great passes like like that or even like a little bit of craft and thoughtfulness to how he's making some of those plays you know another one where yeah you know, grady has the ball i think off a rebound he's pushing it um he doesn't have the shot but he swings it back to noel who uh cuts into the middle of the floor uh doesn't even maybe he takes one dribble but it honestly felt like he he didn't even dribble went straight to the basket off the catch uh kind of like a one two and then did a rajon rondo fake to uh draw the, the defender and then he actually ended up dropping it off anyway to to brown uh who was wide open under the basket but i think just i don't know the craftiness of the move um the the fact that it wasn't necessarily just immediately like a swing or a shovel pass to the to the to the to the next man um even though that actually created even more space for brown to to, to get the dunk off um brown actually just you know, wasn't expecting the pass and ended up dropping it out of bounds. Um, and, and said that actually, it, you know, transition goes the other way and I think the, they score. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I like what he's doing out there. Now, I think offensively for himself, obviously he's going to have to create and, and be able to hit shots for himself as well. And I think that's where for, 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 for Marcus, like, um, you know, because of his size and because of the fact that he plays so quick, 
Um, you know, you're going to see some awkward misses. Like, I don't think it should be too surprising to people. Like, if you even if you look back at what he did in college and whatever, field goal percentage isn't like the greatest stat to look at this because realistically you should be looking at effective field goal percentage or even true shooting percentage way more than you should look at field goal percentage just based off of how much these guys shoot threes. But like, you know, Noel was in the 30s, like high 30s, but like 30s in terms of field goal percentage, right? And, and when you look at it, it's like, you know, him going up against Sharif Cooper today, um, who isn't even that like defensively touted or doesn't have that much size, but like you know, reasonably quick um, for a guard. I mean, again, just a standard NBA guard, six two ish, you know. And you know, Marcus has to sort of settle for these shots where he's like pushing it high off the glass, or he's always shooting it like running. Like it's it's very rare where he gets an open uh, layup in these kind of scenarios, especially when he's operating the play. And then, of course, there's other stuff where he's able to sort of hit pull-up jumpers. And he had one from the mid-range. And I know he can shoot. There's lots of highlights online, of, especially what he did in Kansas State, where he's hitting, like, pull-up threes from, like, 30, 35 feet. And I think he actually hit one in game one as well, a super deep one. But ultimately, like, you you will see these games where, you know, when the defense sort of adjusts to the fact that he's constantly penetrating. And he's so quick that he's able to get to these angles. And he's pretty clever with how he delivers. So all that's good, but um, yeah, he's going to have to, you know, find ways to score as well. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. I think he has a much better sense right now of how to find shots for others versus how he can find shots for himself. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I continue to really enjoy watching the offense flow through him. I, I, I really wish he played more than just half the game today. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think defensively, there's going to be a concern with him there as well. I mean, I, I think he did a decent job against Cooper. Cooper is a, you know, a... I mean, scouting report is that he can definitely score, and he, he only had what one of five with with uh, with eight points. Went to the free throw line six times. I, I didn't think Noel was being bullied again on defense either. Um, I think for this game, it was mostly the, the Raptors bigs did a really really poor job of a not fouling Isaiah Mobley, um, but also b like you know guarding on the pick and pops. Uh, what what yeah, who's this Peter Nance? Is that what is yeah getting a p- trail pop threes or you know it just they did a really poor job of that. Um, even Jop on the other side, he was getting some uh, offensive rebounds, which really uh, was able to um, inflate Cleveland's uh, scoring totals on that front. So, you know, I think defensively the issue actually wasn't Grady and, uh, and Marquise, which I think that would be the expectation coming into these kind of games. But, yeah, the front court, I think, just didn't do a great job uh, of guarding. Like outside of a couple of moments where, you know, Mohamedou Gay was able to come in and, and, and block a couple of shots. And, you know, there's definitely an athleticism factor to his game. But otherwise, you know, whether it's Moses Brown looking fairly slow on that front, I, I mean, he's got good size and, and you know, he can challenge shots. And I think maybe he had a couple of plays where it was erroneously called as fouls for him, um, where he was actually there to challenge and block the shot clean. Um, but like, you know, he, he, gives, he gives me almost that Hassan Whiteside style of like, you know, he's not moving too much in the paint and he's huge and he's going to wait right there at the basket. But, like, you can ex- definitely attack that with pick and pops. You can definitely attack that with, like, a good high screen and a good pull-up three-point shooter getting open space to do that or running a DHO involving his man. If he's never going to come out of the paint, like, you know, that those opportunities are open for him. And then, yeah, he only played 10 minutes, I think, in part because of that. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, again, just the overall defense by the Raptors centers was not strong. Um, and then I think the part that's a little disappointing to watch right now is just, 
um, you know, guys that you've seen in the program for a couple of years, like, you know, Ron Harper Jr. and um, Joe Wieskamp. Now, Joe, in his case, he signed with the Raptors midway through last season. Remember that game where, what, he already got the nickname Wheezy F Baby from um, Matt Devlin because of a game in January against Minnesota where they actually lost in the fourth quarter in a lopsided fashion. But, you know, uh, uh, Joe played well in that game, and, and that was sort of him on a 10-day, signed two 10-days, then left the Raptors for a while, but then came back on a, you know, uh, I guess a full um, – contract for the rest of the year summer league was is supposed to be a good time for him to sort of you know spring um springboard his career forward with the raptors but yeah i mean watching this game was really disappointing like you know i I think to me it's just so strange how for a guy who is is a shooter is a movement shooter um you know uh He's he's not even setting his feet. He's just kind of like running straight into the screen and then just like jumping to the side. Like you just never see anyone shoot like that. Like even Clay, who has probably like the most confident shooting in the entire league, basically, and he shoots a lot of off balance shots. That's Clay Thompson, and, and and he wouldn't take some of the high difficulty shots that Joe kind of jacked up today. I just I didn't understand the approach. Um, I understand that like maybe okay i'm sympathetic to the idea that like okay maybe overall the ball movement wasn't great and you know nobody on the, the roster was outside of marquise was consistently looking to make the extra pass like the extra pass wasn't even the extra pass it was like the necessary pass wasn't even being made so you know i i, I can sympathize for joe in the sense that you know I, I would want to get some looks off in, in summer league but he was just jacking horrible looks and even when he got open ones he was in no rhythm and he was smoking those i know he's a good shooter where he can knock down the open ones where he said but yeah, I mean, aside from that, I just didn't see anything else defensively. You know, it was tough. Him going one-on-one, you know, at one point had to, you know, turn his back off the drive and then spin and go in for a lefty hook floater bank shot. I don't even know, man, but that didn't go in. But my point is just, like, having spent some time in the program, I, you know, I think it was disappointing to see that none of it really translated to the game today. I think it, out of all the guys who really took the court, like it, it was, it was kind of shocking to see the shot selection there, even for a shooter who I'm okay with letting shooters shoot more aggressive looks. Cause I want them to get their looks off, but not like that, man, not like that. You go back and watch some of those approach, these attempts where he's trying to curl and he's just like jumping, leaning, fading, doesn't have his feet set. His body's all twisted. Like, yo, come on. Like even at summer league, that's a bad shot. Right. So, you know, I, I want to see more from Joe, um, especially in game three and four. Uh, but, uh, you know, that there doesn't seem to be too much progress on that front. And then I think for a guy like Ron, interesting player, because I think he does have NBA tools and um, obviously comes from great background with, uh, you know, his dad being a very accomplished NBA champion, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think for Ron, like, you know, first and foremost, like, which – so for 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 him as a guard, right? I, I'm I feel like he's more comfortable when he plays with the ball in his hands, and I think that's probably common to a lot of players, um, especially coming from the collegiate level where you know they can play with the ball in their hands a lot. Um, that's probably again where they have their most reps. I think even arguably Ron is more effective when he has the ball in his hands, right? When he's able to slash, you know, he's got big shoulders, he's able to bump you a little bit, get the separation. He's got he's got got that kind of stuff down. Um, and versus when he's sort of playing off the catch, uh, when he's sort of playing as the off guard and, uh, you know, he's what, um, you know, catching and shooting, for example. I mean, first off, he has a low release. And, and so that combined with the fact that he's not that tall, like 6'4", it's just not that much space. He doesn't elevate that much on a jumper either. But the point is, just there's just a really low release. Like you compare Ron Harper Jr.'s release to Grady Dick's release. It's like uh, there's got to be at least like two feet of difference in terms of just the the height of sort of um, how low it dips, 
Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he's as effective sort of playing up the catch these last two games. He's looked better in terms of with, with on-ball reps. But then again, like, you know, the decision-making has to be better in, in, in some moments too. And I think that's where, for me, watching some of the, the you know, I mean, look, there's no reason for Ron and, and, and Joe, guys who have had, you know, in Ron's case, a, a year plus in the program. In Joe's case, like, what, at least since January, right? So we're talking about seven months in the program versus a guy like Grady and, and Marquise who have had a couple of summer league um, workouts. Um, and, you know, for, for them to look even more advanced than those other guys, um, yeah, I think that's just a little bit disappointing. Like, you would want to see progress, especially in a summer league setting from those kind of players. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I guess there's still that opportunity. There's still two more games left. But, you know, I thought Ron even looked better last year in summer league as compared to what he's shown so far. Um, and that's, again, going back to my original point of not seeing as much talent on this specific ta- uh, summer league roster versus in previous years. Like, you know, you've seen rosters where um, a couple years ago it was like Scotty was on the roster and Delano was on the roster. And, um, you know, just that alone was, was was really fun to watch. I feel like I'm missing a couple of guards that was also on that team um, that ended up being on the Raptors roster. But, you know, you, 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 even last year, watching Jeff Down, watching Delano, like it, it created a product that was much more competitive. And I think for the Raptors this last two games, they weren't all that competitive. And, and some of that is not even just based on talent alone, because I don't want to diss these guys based on the talent. But like, you know, they just make bad plays. Like I thought in the fourth quarter, you know, they, a couple of things finally start to work for them, right? Noel, after going 0 for 9 to start the game, and I didn't think he took bad shots. Um, it was just a case, again, with a small guy has to take long threes and, 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 and sort of floaters and runners and stuff like that. Just to, it's not easy to get any separation at all to shoot when you're that small. You can, you, you're prone to these nights where you go 0 for 9, right? Finally gets an and one floater to drop off the glass, um, the, which was a beautiful move. That looked pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Noel drives and kicks, uh, collapses the paint, kicks out to the corner for Ron Harper, wide open three, bricks it, but at least Ron Harper, you know, hustles all the way back for uh, the block and transition to sort of get the stop, you know, and, and you know, th- th- they're just kind of getting some kind of momentum going, you know, like Grady making an extra pass to DJ Hogg for pick and pop three and a couple of good rotations there, you know, Noel driving, you know, finding a cutter. Uh, the cutter, you know, collapses the paint. Well, actually, Noel collapses the paint. The cutter ha- occupies the paint and then kicks out to Hog for another three. And, like, they turn, like, an 18-point deficit into, like, you know, almost single digits at that point. I think, honestly, they might have even got it down to nine. I, I, I didn't write down the specific scores. But the point is, like, they were playing a lot better basketball. And it's like, hey, maybe the fourth quarter they can do something here or at least make a competitive, you know, ex- you know, the classic Raptors fake comeback, all that kind of stuff. And then they just start making, like, bad decisions. And I understand the summer league is all about bad decisions, but I don't know, man. The Cavs made plenty of bad decisions. They still won this game handily, right? And I, I, I look at you know decisions where Grady, even though he's been getting his number called a lot um, in in the in the in the game overall, runs down the floor, goes one on one, and then takes an isolation pull up long two. Like there's like maybe five seconds have gone in the shot clock. Nobody else has touched the ball. And he doesn't have his man beat, and he still takes that shot. That's a bad shot. It doesn't matter what kind of context that's in. That's a bad shot, right? And it's not like okay, we're in summer league, we're going to work on some things. That you work those things out. Um, that's 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 a bad shot in any context. People get mad at you for those kind of shots. Or like next play down, this is a better shot, or at least a better read. But like Grady um, goes downhill off a screen against Imani Bates, who is, is much longer than him. 
Um, and Grady tries to go curl in for the layup, but he doesn't get enough separation from Bates, who's bigger again and longer. And Bates blocks him. And, and really, there was no real chance for him to even get the shot off, let alone make the shot. So, you know, that was tough. Then you have plays where it's like, you know, there's a sequence where, what, DJ Hawk got hunted in isolation one-on-one by Sharif Cooper, uh, gives up the foul on the drive. Who, again, Cooper wasn't even shooting that well to begin with. So for him to still be able to be that confident against Hogg, I think tells you a little bit based on sort of what the defensive weaknesses are there. Like DJ Hogg is kind of like a Maxi Kleber type, um, but the issue is Kleber actually is a pretty decent defender. Um, but yeah, anyway, so slow-footed, uh, gives up a, one-on-one, uh, uh, a foul one-on-one against a guard. Not too surprising. Going back the other way, Noel drives, kicks out to David Johnson, wide open in the corner. Like, I'm talking about wide open. Like, Noel collapsed the paint, kicked it to the corner, and the corner, the defender on the shooter went to the top of the floor instead of digging down into the corner. And so you see an opportunity where David Johnson, who, again, is another guy who the Raptors have had in the program for two years now. Um, he played in the 905 last year. Wide open in the corner, nowhere close on the three. Um, and then going back the other way, the Raptors give up a shot in transition. They the guy misses, but no one's even back to uh, block out the second um, player crashing in, and they got a, a putback in transition. Then um, the Raptors go the other way, and they're just kind of running their regular offense, trying to swing it, you know, one side through the other, and they get to, to Hog in the middle, who's kind of being expected to swing the ball, but instead he he hoists a deep three from like thirty feet out, nowhere close. Uh, and then the Raptors come back the other way, and they don't have their you know. I guess their defense set or whatever, but they gave up a wide open corner three and you know, the lead is back to 18 and got a call timeout. So they, they kind of killed themselves with some of that plays. And then right after that timeout, you know, it was Joe Wieskamp sprinting, you know, into a pin down and again, checks up a three without getting his feet set or upright. And then he gives up a foul getting um, on, on a drive, a guardian against the drive. So, you know, I think those are kind of things where cohesively, like, you know, I'm not looking for, what beautiful Spurs basketball in summer league, but um, I'm looking for just a basic level of like, you know, what is a good shot? What is not a good shot? And I understand that summer league so much is on guys trying to find contracts or guys trying to showcase themselves maybe for the NBA, but maybe for the G league, maybe for Europe, wherever, right? Like no one's showcasing much of anything when the game looks like this. So I think, yeah, I mean, look, they'll have two more days off here. And so we'll see. I mean, the, the talent on the roster is what it is. But uh, I think they can play a lot more cohesively. And um, I think it's always worth watching. I mean, I'm going to be here watching it anyway. I'm going to be watching a ton of summer league basketball here in Vegas. And I'll be doing a lot more interviews and reports from here. But ultimately, uh, my focus is always going to be on the Raptors. And um, you can tune in to see Grady. I think his game right now is fairly straightforward. You can come in to see you know, Marquise Noel. It's fairly straightforward, too. It's just flashier. Um, then let's say Grady's. But like aside from that, I mean, I want to see who else on the roster even has some sort of relevance to um, what could impact the game, uh, at, you know, both for the Raptors or the 905 next season. Because again, the, the game today just wasn't a good showing for them as a group. So uh, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Oh, your three stars from tonight's performance. Um, damn, I mean, stars is tough. When 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 when, when the leading scorer has 11, it's, uh, yeah, this is tough. Okay, first star. Honestly, I might give it to Marcus Noel. Uh, five points, three rebounds, four assists, um, two of eleven shooting. I mean, that's first star. But I'm telling you, he created a lot of wide open threes. And if guys can even hit half the wide open threes that he set up for them, the Raptors might have even been in a game where they were more competitive. I mean, Cleveland, I think, was clearly a better team. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way Marquise plays. You know, he, he he got a little scrappy defensively as well. You know, he guarded uh, Cooper full court, pressed the whole game. A lot of energy shown on that front. Um, and then, yeah, it had a couple of, like, nice plays where he was able to get his hand in and strip it a couple times too. So, you know, I mean, those are kind of things you absolutely need to do as a small guard. We've seen that over the years with uh, uh, Fred and Kyle. So, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Marquise was definitely the first star of game one too. So um, I feel like he's been the Raptors' best player in summer league, which is kind of saying something. But at the same time, I don't want to disrespect him at all. Um, respect to him. Your second star from tonight's game. Um, hmm, wow. Uh, I, I would say Grady. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. I, again, I like the adjustment that he made. Um, he, obviously, for a shooter, he's going to look for a shot. Super aggressive. He's going to lead the team in scoring. Um, he's going to lead the team in shot attempts. Uh, he's, you know, and, and part of that's by design. Like, pretty much every ATO after, you know, after timeout play it is when Grady's in the actual game is always going to him, right? So, you know, that's going to increase his, his, his offensive output. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the times where he chooses to make the extra pass, too, like, they're that looks really good as well. So I like that. I like the rebounding. Um, you know, I think him trying to find and force his offense is going to look awkward because he doesn't have that much off off the dribble kind of stuff, and he doesn't have the separation to or the or the sort of quickness or the burst or even the athleticism to sort of dunk it on anybody or even take it strong to the rack. But uh, I like his off ball movement. It's constant. It, he's aggressive, and uh, you know that's that's all you can really build off of. And then your third star. I mean, I don't even know if it matters, but let, let's just give it to let's just give it to DJ Hog. I just, I mean, just what an electric name that DJ Hog has, and uh, you know, it's a set jumper. You know, has has a little bit of offensive game again, that kind of groundbound, definitely experienced, but um, you know, for for a team that really struggled to make shots today, he made two threes, which uh, somehow led the Raptors with two made threes. Yeah, we had one from Grady, one from Ron Harper. One from Brian Nemhard and two from DJ Hawk. So two alone is going to get you a star in this game. So uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, in terms of who impressed me off the, the Cavs roster, I mean, Isaiah Mobley, I've, I've seen him play. Um, you know, he's a good player at USC as well. Um, yeah, he was super aggressive. I mean, he played well. There's no doubt. Um, but I actually, I, I really liked seeing what I what I saw from Imani Bates. I mean, like, you know, after he made one, quick contest uh, one quick transition three he just like constantly hunted that shot for the next like three possessions and they were all bricks so he's got to you know have the wherewithal to say like okay yes that was one great shot but i'm not just gonna like hunt that one all the time it's a little too obvious a little too you know um you know one track minded but at the same time like his energy his length his athleticism those things are good factors in, in, in a game like this. Um, and so obviously, you know, there is an offensive talent and that's, that's why he was such a highly touted high school player. And, you know, it's unfortunate that his career hasn't really uh, panned out in the, in, in terms of relative to that type of hype that he came into it with. But um, yeah, man, he's, he's, he's uh, there, there's, there's clearly talent there. And so, you know, if you can, honestly, if you can find a way to make those other type of plays more consistently as compared to the flashier things like the transition threes, um, I think that's a better chance for him to make it. But, I mean, a lot of guys on the Cavs roster look pretty decent today. It was, And I think that really just says um, how poorly the Raptors played in this game. So um, they'll play game three on Wednesday. I'll be back to recap that one as well. And, again, in the meantime, we'll have plenty of other summer league content uh, live from Las Vegas on the Raptors show. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We will have programming throughout the summer. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening.